So when do we start? There's an auction coming up. Biggest collection of Spanish Renaissance art and artifacts anywhere this century. One of those items is La Cruz de la Armandad. Only it's not a cross. It's a key. A key that unlocks the chamber where the infamous 18th hid that gold. Very cool, but the legend said there are two keys, one for the captain and one for the crew, so no one man could steal the gold by himself. One key doesn't do us any good. You ever get outside when you were a kid? I mean, how do you remember all this shit? There's only one thing. I already have the captain's key. The second one's in there. Hey, Adrenal Heads, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. I'm Robert. And this episode, we're going to be covering a new movie, which is called Uncharted, which came out in 2022, not too long ago, and was a very big success. So uh, I thought since it came out on digital streaming, why not cover it? So, uh, Robert, do you want to give us the synopsis on this particular sure. movie? Not a problem. So the synopsis is uh, treasure hunter Victor Sully Sullivan recruits street smart Nathan Drake to help him recover a 500-year-old fortune amazed by explorer Ferdinand Magellan. What starts out as a high soon becomes a globetrotting white-knuckle race to reach the prize before ruthless Santiago Man- Mancada, can't say that very well, <laughs> can get his hands on it. And I'm Spanish. I can't believe I can't say that. If Sully and Nate can decipher the clues and solve one of the world's oldest mysteries, they stand to find $5 billion in treasure, but only if they could learn to get along. Yeah, very true. Yeah. <laughs> we do see uh, how they do that within the film, which is so funny, too, because it, 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 they're just not, it, it's like oil and vinegar. They just don't oh, yeah. work. <laughs> and you can just see how they, uh, like, you know, uh, it's a back and forth thing. They don't trust each other, you know. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it was interesting. It makes for an interesting combination. And a lot of people at the very beginning, when this movie was rumored to come out, they thought that oh, Mark Wahlberg's going to play Nathan Drake, and no, it turned out to be Tom Holland. And right. they thought, wow, he's going to be so young. And it was all that stigma of everybody wanting uh, what's his name, Nathan Phelan. Uh, yeah, Nathan Fillion. Yeah. yeah, they wanted him to, to play Nathan Drake, which would have been great because I guess he did a short or something years ago. He did a 15-minute um, short, which um, also uh, this guy from the guy who plays the uh, the sergeant in uh, Avatar, or not the sergeant, I guess like the big drill instructor looking guy that hmm. turns out to be the bad guy. He also comes out in that. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, so it was... Uh, it was Nathan's way of trying to tell Sony, hey, I want to do the part. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, it, and it would have worked out if they actually caught on to it. A lot yeah. of fans wanted it. They were voting for it. They're like, hey, let's do this. And it yeah. never happened. Well, if you look at the character in the video game, he looks exactly like uh Yeah, like he's failing. got that look. Yeah. 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 And, and he, he kind of matches the age because, honestly, Nathan Drake in the actual game, and I haven't really played it, but I've seen other people play it. He right. has that that look of that age. Yes, you know, not that I'm not saying Nathan, uh, you know, Nathan Fillion is actually that young, but regardless, he could still play it 
and get well, away with it. the time that it came out, I mean, like I said, I, I forgot when the that short came out, but a lot of people, of course, uh, I think relating the character to the way he looked in Firefly. Yes. So, because in Firefly, he was young enough to be that character. And mm -hmm. then um, later on, when he did the, that 15 minutes, he was already a little older. Uh, I guess right now, too old to probably play the, that type of character, which, you know, requires a lot of uh, physicality. Yeah, I would agree. Well, he's also the rookie now, so he's doing a lot on his own, which is pretty cool. And right. uh, that show is doing very well. So, not like having caught it yet, and... but doesn't have anything going for him right now. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it and I have to uh tell you that um I liked it unlike other people that didn't like it, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, that, a lot of people saying. there was a bunch of people that I knew that watched this movie and were not happy with it. Yeah. But and it's the diehard fans of the game. That's the problem. That is the problem. But the thing is I look at it in a perspective I'm terrible at rpgs there's only been a few that i've played myself that i could actually get through and play i can't play those I, i've done batman to arkham knights uh, arkham asylum i guess right. i played the spider-man game that came out not too long ago a few years ago oh my yeah God, now I it's a few been, years i ago. just binged that for the last three weeks i think because <laughs> i just got my hands on a playstation 5 finally and uh no i meant the older one not the, yeah you got the miles morales one and then you got the older one that came out i guess they put it out for ps5 well, that's the yeah. one i was playing yeah that's the one i was playing oh, I okay even, uh, yeah then i started playing miles morales but yeah no it's an addicting game and yeah I, you know and i apply uh, what is it i uh, subscribe to their um to one of their services where they give you a whole bunch of different games and one of them was uncharted Oh yeah, and yeah, and uh, so I was playing. Actually, I was playing that right before we got on this podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was uh, it's fun, not what I'm used to, but it it was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's an adventure film more than anything, or an adventure game. With RPGs, I just have a hard time. I don't know how many times I've killed Norman Reedus in that particular game that came out <laughs> a few years ago. Right. Uh, I had a hard time with that. I'm not really good with RPGs. I'm the typical, I'm showing my age at the point where I'm like, I prefer like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, all the older style video games that we used to play as kids. Oh, so okay. It does, that's how I am. <laughs> but I do try to do the RPGs and I have a bunch and I'll right. take the time here and there. I can't really sit hours upon hours <laughs> playing RPGs. I uh, just don't know how some people do it, but. I could see how addictive it can be because you really want to get through that hump to get to the next, like, story that comes up after you've achieved that level. Exactly. And, yeah, to me, I'm like, eh, I want to play for a little bit and see where I go from here and then go and then just take it little by little. Somebody would probably, you know, I, I think my niece said it to me. She goes, oh, yeah, you'll probably take three years in order to play this whole video game. And I said, yeah, <laughs> probably. And it's usually the case. That's what happened with me with Arkham Asylum. It took me like at least two years. She goes, you're still playing this game? And my nephew said that, and my nephew is in it. He's in his 30s now. And he said to me, he goes, Uncle Mark, you're terrible at this. <laughs> yeah, no, let me tell you, I see some, I see some people playing, you know, um, one person I know that that's all he does is plays video games all day. <laughs> day yep. in and day out and i mean they're just they could get through a game so quick me i take my time yeah i mean myself being a i used to be a graphic artist and animator my problem is uh i'm one of those people that basically i see something it's like saying "Ooh, shiny object 
Yeah. And I want to admire the actual work that was done in the exactly. video game. <laughs> and most of the times I'm getting killed because I'm stopping to, you know, to look at the pretty I pictures. I want to look at the pretty stuff. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, that's my, but, you know, once I catch on, I'm like, all right, I'll have fun with it. But, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm just like, oh, yeah, let me look at this. You know, this looks cool. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, they try to cater this film to the the gamers, but I think they were trying to broaden its uh, audience with more family oriented, right? Not, you know, because of the action gives you gives you that thrill of of the movie, like um, pretty much like people were equating it to like Raiders of the Lost Ark, like Indiana Jones, Goonies, National Treasure. Uh, all these, and maybe even James Bond at, at certain points. Right. And with the deception and the de- being deceiving and how manipulative he is, or oh, what was that magician movie that came out years ago where they had Dave Franco and a whole bunch of them. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that, that um, it reminded me of that. It was like, um, it reminded me a little bit of that movie. It's like you don't know what's going to come next or who's going to deceive who. So, <laughs> yeah, it gave that feel, which I understand. And to me, not have played the game. I've only played maybe like, uh, you know, they, they give you those trailers to play. Like is the, to get a feel, like the the yeah, like the uh, the demos or something like that. Yeah, demo. Yeah, and then I I played it a little bit, and that's about it. I didn't get hooked to the point where I was going to buy it, but you know, I think they were trying to appeal to that group of gamers, but they were also trying to appeal to the mass market of people who are or film buffs or people who love action and adventure films, and right. I think they really keyed it in with that Goonies aspect at the very end. Or even in the middle part where they're under the church. And we'll get into this more as we talk about the movie itself. But for right now, we're going to go into people we may know within the film, Uncharted. Oh, okay. That came in in 2022. So uh, I'll start off in the first one. We all know him, Mr. Tom Holland himself, who plays Nathan Drake. So he's known to everyone on the planet as our new Spider-Man from all the Marvel and Sony films. So I'm not really going to go through the list of movies that he's been in within right. those. But he was also in a great movie called The Impossible that came out in 2012. And that had Ewan McGregor in it. And he was really young in it and did such a great job. Daphne and Paik have already covered it on Run For Your Lives, which I highly recommended them to do, which was amazing to listen to uh he was so young but it was based upon a real event and there was a lot of action in that and then one other movie i never got to catch that one oh really you got to see it it it's based on a a typhoon that happened and they're an english family that go that are on vacation and it was one of the biggest things that happened in that resort and it wiped out everything and it's it's the real like story of this particular right. family. She, the mother was a doctor. Uh, I forget her name, but she played in the ring, the remake. Oh, okay. And, uh, and also King Kong, uh, the most recent King Kong, <laughs> not <laughs> most recent, but the Peter Jackson King Kong. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. So Naomi Watts. No, what is it? Naomi yeah, Watts. Naomi Watts. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So I, I forgot her name, but, uh, yeah, the, it was done very well. So and he showed his acting chops at such a young age too. He wasn't 
you know, in his twenties or anything at at that point. He right. was like, you know, in his teens. And he did very well on it, I thought. Yeah, that's something I gotta look out for then. Yeah. Uh the next one that he did was uh, I'll just mention it once, Onward, which came out on Disney plus mm-hmm. during the whole pandemic and everything in twenty twenty, which I thought was pretty cool. It's a, a little fancy. I actually like that movie. I mean yeah. it, it I it didn't get that good of a reception um but yeah. i thought it was actually pretty cool yeah yeah it was a cute movie it was a you know again pixar always you know tries to tug at the um at the uh at the heart with the family uh, themes and things like that yeah i really enjoyed it i actually haven't watched it in a while but i'm looking forward to watching it again eventually so the next one rob next next one is uh mark Wahlberg. So Mark Wahlberg as Victor Sullivan, Sully. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know Mark Wahlberg. I mean, of course, he was Marky Mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he started as Marky Mark. Um, has been in you know tons of other movies, uh, tons of other well uh, known movies. Everything from you know Boogie Nights, I believe, was one of them. Yep. Uh, all the way to you know, if I look at his filmography, I mean, he's done so much. Planet of the Apes, which I wasn't happy about. <laughs> so he was in the basketball is. diaries in 1995 right and uh four brothers in 2005 which was actually pretty good and four brothers oh yes four. yes exactly yeah so yeah so the perfect storm which was also a great movie three yep. kings um the other one the italian job mm-hmm. which yep. um for some reason, I always used to go to that uh, that that one movie because it had um, a pair of Martin Logan speakers. Um, <laughs> that one of the guys said, "I want speakers that will uh, literally Take. blow the the, uh, the clothes off of women." Yep, Seth Green's <laughs> character. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember uh, working in Best Buy. We had those speakers, and I'm like, "These are the speakers that will blow the you know the clothes off of women." <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's also slated to be uh it's in pre-production for the six million dollar man movie are they finally doing that it's in pre-production according to really? his imdb that and thing has been in production like hell for such a long time I they've know. always said that it was going to be him but no idea that he finally they finally went through with it yeah they greenlit it but hopefully it's something that's going to come out and i'm curious about it yeah and then, of course, he came out in Transformers Age of Extinction. Yeah. That was a horrible movie. <laughs> I think I just found a Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I use that all the time. I said Transformer. Transformer. <laughs> heavy Boston accent that he has. Yeah. Uh, he came out also in Mile 22. That was actually a good movie. I think that, were, that came out directly into Netflix or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so very good movie there. The Ted, have you ever seen Ted? Yeah, I love the Ted series. Oh my God. Yeah, like two you know, uh, two movies. Yep. So yeah, he's he's one of those actors that has had some great success on some things, and then there's other things that you're like, uh, I guess you just need the money on that one. You know, <laughs> just like any other actor. But you know, it's just uh, the the one thing I will admire about him is that he gets up at three in the morning to start working out. That's something I just won't never do. Uh, yeah, I don't think I will ever do that. It'll probably kill me if, uh, if I did that. So, right. and then the next guy, 
our yeah, next person. I'll, I'll do the next one. That would be Sophia Taylor Ali, and she plays Chloe Fraser. Uh, mind you, she started off as a child actor that played in a lot of Barney shows, like the you know the purple dinosaur shows back in the day. Right. So she was a kid actor. Then moved on to shorter roles in years through TV, but then landed a role in Grey's Anatomy and from like 2017 to 2019 as Dr. Dahlia Kadri, mm. which uh, she cemented a role in there, which is pretty cool. So it shows her, you know, adult acting chops. Then right. a, a movie that I've never heard of that I had to throw in here. It's called the. The F happened, so you could tell that's probably a curse. <laughs> <laughs> and that came out in 2021. Huh. So that's all I got from our... The uh, F happened? Oh, I thought it was to be announced. Apparently it was in 2021, and I gotta look to really? see if it's okay, been out so... or not. I just looked at the IMDb's to check all this stuff out. Uh, I didn't really go see these films, but... <laughs> right, right. Wasn't she the one that also came out in... Uh, what was the... Um... Slumdog Millionaire? Not sure. I didn't or, see that list. That that's not her, I think. I'm not no. sure. No. Okay. No, she, yeah, she, and it's funny because her character, she, her character and the character in the video game look very much alike. Which again, is pretty that, cool. Right. That was the one, that, again, that was the criticism on this movie was the fact that uh, Tom Hallen and Mark, War, uh, Mark Wahlberg didn't look the part. Mm -hmm. uh, but she definitely did. Well, it's fine. They could easily continue on because, as we all know, there's an ending scene in the show, in the movie itself where they could actually do another sequel. <laughs> the way it ends is uh, very interesting. Yes. <laughs> so I definitely will say that. And then the next person, I guess, on the list is uh, Antonio Banderas. Mm -hmm. Spani uh, actor from Spain. Long career. I mean, he started... Uh, I first noticed uh, Antonio Banderas in um, Desperado. Yeah, '95. I did too. Yeah, that was a that was just a crazy. I still watch it once in a while. It's, it's just a crazy, crazy movie. Mm -hmm. Did the voiceover of Puss, uh, Puss in Boots, which yep. I thought that was very funny. Very well known for uh, the Mask of Zorro. Yep. Uh, he also uh, co-started with um, Sylvester Stallone. Yes, in Assassin's. Assassins. Yeah. Yeah. That came out in the '90s as well, right? And he's yeah. A lot of kids nowadays, or actually, they're going to be in their 20s, will know mostly as Gregorio Tor uh, Cortez in the Spy Kids film. Yeah, that's right. He played the father. He so. definitely did. He was also an interview with a vampire. He was yes, like he was. the uh, the main vampire or the uh, the lead vampire or something like that. It was like, like a lead vampire when they hit in Spain. It's just at the time. And uh, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt's character brings the Kristen Dunst character there. And they deem, it's like, oh, you turned a child. They were going to kill her at that point. And right. She winds up sacrificing herself at that, you know. But, yeah, he played a, a decent character in that in an Anne Rice film, too. Yeah, he's always been very well known for his voice because, of course, he still has that, you know, that that accent. But, you know, very much the voice of like the Spanish, um, you know, uh, man, oh, yeah. romantic man or something like that. You know, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's also the Nasonex B. Is he really? 
Yes. The nasal necks. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. And he also came out in the uh well uh, uh what was the one with the um the expendables. Oh, he came yes. out in the yeah, expendables yeah, yeah. too. Yeah, his part was actually very funny on that because he was just such a goofball on that. Yes, he was. And yeah, it we we all know Antonio Banderas. It's like you mentioned Antonio Banderas. Anybody can name a movie <laughs> that he's been in. But <laughs> in this, much. he plays a sinister villain. And that uh, makes it really pretty cool. Yeah, he wanted, to, I think, to be like the world's best, you know, assassin or something like that. I, I forgot what it was. I, I just know that it was something that was just, it was, he was so funny during the whole thing. <laughs> or like, you know, he wanted to be included or something like that. I, I, I haven't seen that movie in such a long time, but. Yeah. Yeah, but he's very well known. I mean, very well known. Big activist, too. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So amazing person. Well, last up would be uh, Tati Gabrielle or Tatiana Gabrielle, who plays Braddock. And she could be seen as Birdie and Freakish, which was in 2017 on Hulu. It was a TV series. All so, right. So that's, uh, I don't know if it's still ongoing, but that's what she was most notably rolled for. The Emoji Movie in 2017. And. Marion Bellamy and the Netflix show You that is still going. Huh. And okay. it started in 2021. So actually, uh, friends of mine that are on the podcast network, Pake and Rima, are covering You. So if you listeners really are following the show You, go listen to Pake and Rima on the podcast network for Strange Indeed. So you can check out all their episodes and their coverage. They do episodically. So. Check them out there. You know, it's funny. I, I never heard of her until I saw this movie. Same here. Yeah. I, I haven't even at, watched you. <laughs> yeah. So at first, when I saw her, I thought, did they get maybe, like, I, I had to look it up because I thought they probably grabbed, like, you know, like a recording artist or something like that for the year. Because she, she has a look of somebody that should should be a recording artist. Yeah. And I, I, and I saw her and I was like, did they? Grab a recording artist, and then I saw her uh, her resume, and I was like, "Oh no, she's always been an actress." Yep. Awesome. And we'll move forward to uh, general thoughts of the film. So, Rob, what were your thoughts of Uncharted twenty twenty two? Um. Well, my thoughts on this was because again, I think as uh, we were discussing, mm-hmm. because I was not an avid player of the game or a huge fan of it or, you know, something like that. I was able to sit back and enjoy it for what it was. Yeah. I thought it was a fun movie, you know, um, has some great action scenes, has its funny moments, um, had some moments that of course of, uh, disbelief, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I came out with, I came out of there going, you know what? I, I enjoyed myself. I mean, it's, it's not a, memorable movie it's not one that was like oh it changed my life <laughs> yeah yeah i know but it was a, it was a good popcorn movie that i enjoyed yeah you know so yeah no it was uh it, it had uh some great moments it had you know the way it started the way the movie actually started mm-hmm. uh which was supposed to be a picture perfect um scene just like in the uh in the game where it's uh tom holland you know um 
stuck on the crates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is very classic. Yeah, so yeah, that part was in the in in the game itself. So I thought, oh, okay, this is starting pretty cool. So yeah, no, I had it, uh, and I thought, you know what, Tom Holland, I thought was great. Um, the problem with Tom Holland is that sometimes he just reminds me so much of Spider Man. <laughs> so to give you to give you a quick a quick example of that, on on the part where he's on the crates and he's trying to, uh, you know, go back on the plane, and one of the bad guys grabs his foot and he kicks him and he leaves, and he goes, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry." It just reminded me of Peter Parker saying something <laughs> like that, and I was like, "Okay, so this is just Peter Parker in a different adventure." <laughs> yeah, it kind of takes you out of it because of what you know from before. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, it was still a charming movie. Um, and then you know, uh, I would say the rest of the cast was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, my biggest, you know, again, I wish that it had a little more of the uh, what I would say the Indiana Jones part of it more than yeah you know? i agree yeah <laughs> you know but <laughs> actually that's uh, that's what i really appreciated about the the film uh is the more exploratory of it right you now it's pretty funny how they <laughs> during the auction scene reminded me something out of temple of doom in a sense where he's trying to get the poison and he's trying to run after right. he's hi- get trying to get away from the scottish guy <laughs> and he can't understand him <laughs> And then you got underneath the cathedral, which I really enjoyed too. Yeah. And then the more historic aspect of everything involved within that. And they kind exactly. of salt and pepper modern stuff within it, which I pretty much enjoyed as well because it's like, oh, there's that. Oh, okay. It's kind of different. Right. Very much like what they do at Moon Knight, where, you know, if you guys are listening and as you guys know, we're covering it on panels to pixels now. But with Moon Knight, they portray Egypt as it's supposed to be, where it's like literally in downtown Egypt. And, you know, you see the pyramids right right outside your building and it's like there's buildings. And it's the same respect with the church and everything else. There's more modern stuff around it, which I do appreciate because it shows the reality of what is present day. It's not like exactly you're not suspended in that world of like, oh, it's hidden away. It's dark. And you got to go look for it. And it's like in its own little world. No, right. it's real. And it we have a regular world around us. Just like if somebody decided to go onto the Intrepid and steal something from that. And you realize <laughs> it's on the west side highway right by the water. <laughs> exactly. No, it, it, and it's funny because when I, I remember when I, uh, a few years ago when I went to Europe, you know, Europe still has, you know, especially I went, I actually went to Spain and went to uh, Toledo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spain, which a lot of people say Toledo, um, but uh, that was the one thing I noticed. Is like the the entire town was just this old town that's been there forever. Mm-hmm. But you know, the when you look out, you know, you look outside, you or you know, you as you're walking, you see the souvenir shops. <laughs> you see the, uh, <laughs> you know, you see people just with their cameras and stuff like that in this very old old world. So I thought that was actually cool, you know, that like you were saying, they're trying to figure this out in a in a scene where it's like, hey, yes, all this stuff is, you know, uh, hundreds of years old, but modern people are still living, you know, on top of all this history. Yes. 
So Yeah, it's like if you go to Philly and you look for all the stuff from the movie National Treasure, you'll see it, just like in New York City, too, <laughs> which is so funny, too, which we'll, we'll so get funny. into later. I was, I was just seeing that movie the other day, too. <laughs> <laughs> it always kills me. <laughs> But, but yeah, no, actually, yeah, it was, uh, you know, like I said, I enjoy, I enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed the, uh, the, the action sequences that were kind of over the top, I guess, as part of the game too, or things mm. like that. But again, yeah. the, the archaeology, you know, I would say that, you know, them trying to figure things out, the detective work on them trying to figure out that was part that was, that I liked the most. Yeah, same here. That 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 falls into what my thoughts were. It's like more of the aspect of you got the feels of like I, I mentioned it before. You got Indiana Jones, Goonies, James Bond, all the espionage in it. It it entertained me, but also gave us that flavor of history and that intrigue of learning, just like we did in Goonies. Because you got the whole pirate aspect at the very end, which I love. <laughs> I'm a Pirates of the Caribbean fan from the first three films, and I love those right. films. And on top of that, you got, you know, feelings of Goonies in it when he's on the boat. And then on top of that, the Indian Jones feeling of him looking, whether they're looking for the map, they're trying to figure things out. Then he has to decide, as, like, fi- figure out a cipher from his brother through postcards. That was pretty cool. Uh, kind of which like was, that, which was very interesting. How they, yeah. um, the, it, it uh, you know that I should have known, but they kept putting it in your face. All these postcards, every time he would look yeah. at these postcards, <laughs> and I'm like, and, and you There's know, something at one point, there. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, is that supposed to be a clue in all this? <laughs> yeah, it's a foreshadowing that we don't really realize it's in front of us, <laughs> right? Point, you know, <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I, I love the, uh, like you said. It looks like the uh, choreography with the the action sequences were dedicated for those RPG players for the game. Right. And that cargo scene was meant to be a direct reflection of the game itself, which I admired because I recognized it right away. And they show it to us in the very beginning and they give us the whole sequence at the end because that's how they introduce the movie. So it's right. him on the cargo, but it falls into him remembering back with his brother, Sam. Correct. A- and then they move into that sequence. But then we finally get that overall sequence at the very end of the movie or towards the end of the movie, which I really did enjoy. Now, mind you, it is a little bit over the top as being an action <laughs> fan, adventure fan. It filled all those those qualifications for me to sit there like as, like you said, a popcorn film. Will I watch it again? Probably, just because it's got some fun moments in it. And a lot of the comedy in it, of especially with the banter between Holland and Wahlberg, was funny. Uh, the quick wi- uh, quips that they have with each other and, you know, the, oh, the yeah, bantering no, that, that was, was pretty cool. That was fun. Uh, again, two, I mean, two people that I never thought that would be... Uh... In a movie together, <laughs> yeah, in a movie together, right? I mean, but no, that that like you you you're right. That part of it was actually, you know, it it was fun. <laughs> yeah. So overall, I did enjoy the film. I would recommend it to somebody to go see if they like that kind of action adventure. But if they want anything true to what is historical, I wouldn't say do it <laughs> because then a Nick pick it. But if you know somebody that's like, Oh, I like Goonies. I like Indiana Jones. It's like, well, you might like this. Well, do you like espionage stuff too? Yeah. Well, this is your movie. It, yeah. 
it's it's funny there and and I'm trying to look for the exact quote um but there was a uh, a critic that said that it was kind of a you know like this Raiders of the Lost Ark or Raiders of the Lost um uh, what was it and they it, it, they said it all in one sentence but it included Raiders Fast and the Furious <laughs> it included like all these different movies. It's like like all rolled up into one. And wow. uh, <laughs> I just can't find the damn quote. I've been trying to. Oh, here we, here it goes. All right. It says uh, uh, this guy, uh, Owen Gleiberman of Variety, found the film watchable in a thin Raiders of the Lost National Treasure of the Fast and the Furious Caribbean way. <laughs> <laughs> I think he hit it on all points. <laughs> he hit it perfect. I was like, okay, I kind of like that. <laughs> That's a lot to say in one sentence <laughs> to in somebody. One sentence. He pretty much described exactly what it, you know what this movie feels like. Critical. So yeah. All right. Cool. So we're gonna move right <laughs> along. And what we're going to do is we're going to move right into our favorite moments within the movie. So we like to alternate. So, st- Rob, what was one of your first favorite moments? Um, again, that fit my face. My first favorite moment was that part where the movie starts. You know, he's unconscious. You know, he's uh, the crates are just float. You know, just kind of flying behind the plane. And I was like, wow, okay, really cool shot of um of trying to mirror exactly what you know the video game did which i thought was uh pretty cool and like i said you know i thought it was like really charming the the whole hit that you know or when uh tom holland you know kicks the uh, bad guy and yeah. the bad guy goes flying away he's like oh i'm so sorry and again i was just saying he just seems so peter parker at that moment but yeah that was one of <laughs> that that was one of my favorite parts there and cool. I think, like we were just discussing, you know, the um, the uh, the the whole detective work of doing the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say uh, I love seeing how we we get Nate in the very beginning. He's a bartender, and he's doing the whole Tom Cruise cocktail thing too for the girl <laughs> in front of him, trying to impress her, but also boring her with a history lesson while he's doing the drink of right. how it was. And and then get, and at that point later on he we get a little foreshadowing too of what he uses to pickpocket her because he uses that lighter that doesn't work right so I really right. like that how they were able to put that in there into the, the into the actual film itself so that way that's his way and then obviously he gets pickpocketed by Sully himself too so right. it, it's and you realize it's like all right Sully's actually you know looking for I him find it, i find it interesting because when you see him in that scene right at first you know you think he's just trying to pick up the girl or something like that yep but it seems like as soon as he saw her he already knew what he was going to do oh yeah <laughs> and you know so you kind of get that feeling or you you know you, you get a little bit more insight into this character of like okay he's a bartender but he's also this con artist who is trying to just you know um, either swipe, you know, jewelry or, or pickpocket people, you know, mm-hmm. in order for him to get what he wants. So, you know, and, and that was like what I got from him. It was like, okay, you know, at first I thought it was like, oh, okay, he crashed, you know, bu- you know, he, he uh, burned and cra- crashed and burned with the, uh, 
with the lady that was at the bar, but it was more <laughs> like he was staking her out. <laughs> and I, yeah, he right. was he checking was, her out for that yeah. one purpose, so that way he can make some sort of money extra, other than what he was making at the bar. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so I was like, oh, okay. I see what his uh what he's up to. So, and the Sully part was actually very good. And funny enough, I when I first saw it in the theater, I did not see. I don't know if you saw it the second time around. I did not see Mark Wahlberg's arm go behind Tom Holland. No, Tom I Holland, didn't. You know, you didn't see that. So, no, like when no. Tom Holland was going to change his drink, uh, right? You see uh, Mark Wahlberg's arm come up, and then it comes down again. Ah. Right, but it, when you first see it, you don't notice that. But since I knew that he was he was going to get pickpocketed, all of a sudden I saw it. And I was like, "All right, so at least they didn't make it seem like okay, he pickpocketed you know with his you know <laughs> with his mind or something." Right? Nah, nah, you he, know, right? yeah, it was like unseen. It was off camera that he did yeah, it. Yeah, but it, you could see the arm go up and then go down. I was like, "Okay, that was good." <laughs> <laughs> uh, any others that you liked? Uh, um. That I mean, again, um, I think it's just really cool the whole thing with his brother. Yeah, uh, you know, of course, you know the introduction, bro- the yeah. introduction with his brother. Um, that part was also part of like it, it. It's it reminds me of the like I said of the of the uh, Uncharted game where mm-hmm. in the beginning of this game, his brother's taking Nathan. From in the orphanage, from one building to the other, and they're hopping from one rooftop to the other, and you know, which kind of gives you the uh, the you know, like all games do, you know, the feel of what you're going to be running into throughout the the rest of the game by jumping and you know, holding on to you know, at you know, ledges and things like that. But that whole scene of them going from one building to the other in the movie, when you see them going into the uh, room to look at the map. You could kind of see, kind of relate and go, oh, they were probably doing the same thing as in the game, which was jumping from one building to the other, trying to get into this one thing. So that that part I thought was really cool, too. Hmm. Uh, You know, and other than that, I think the craziest part was the uh, the two uh, the two Spanish galleons, which were (laughs) or the two uh, old uh, sailing ships, which, you know, were being lifted by a. helicopters (laughs) helicopters <laughs> heavy lift <laughs> helicopters and then just you know the the physics on that i'm still you know <laughs> trying to figure that one out right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so so yeah so i mean yeah those were part of, you know those were some of my favorite parts yeah i i really like the uh the church scene when they go it's sully nate and chloe and they're trying to figure out what the uh, the key, the cross that they got. Literally, it's a key that we find out. And they have to go to the church. You see Nathan, he actually figures out within the church where the direction is, where they have to go. That is what I loved about it because, you know, it's they talk about heaven and hell. They have to go. They have to do right. the keys together at the same time. And, of course, Sully doesn't have his reading glasses on. And he goes, oh, clockwise. No, and he almost <laughs> kills them. Then they do counterclockwise, and they're like, oh, just like stay away from it and do it counterclockwise. And right. they are able to get to it, and then they figure that, you know, Sully has to go somewhere else, and then they have to continue on. Right. And of all things they go through is like a uh, 
like a rave party. There's a rave going on. (laughs) And it gets him in there, and then he sees it over the bar, and they have to sneak in. They finally get in. Then, you know, good thing that he was able to fix Sully's, you know, phone with the GPS, and then, you know, obviously makes the joke about him. You really, dude, you have Tinder on here? And (laughs) he 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 goes, goes, I I own own it. it. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then the fact that you get that whole thing where it feels like it's an Indiana Jones or a Goonies vibe where they're Mm going to be drowning. And then you see Sully up there dealing with his own issues at a mall. He's in a mall (laughs) of all things. And I saw Papa John's in the back and they actually, he actually fights on the counter of Papa John's. (laughs) And then they were able to go through that. And I thought it was pretty cool in the sense of like what we just talked about, about having, you know, you have all this ancient stuff, but it's surrounded by modern day. Exactly. Things exactly. around like us. Was just saying right now, the Papa John, but yet you have this old thing behind this glass. And like, like I said, when I went to Spain, that's how it was. It was just all this old architecture, but yet you have like these souvenir shops and in yeah. these, you know, things, and you're like, oh, okay. But when you were saying about the Mark Wahlberg, you know, uh, doing the thing counterclockwise and clockwise, the funny thing was, I was like, listen, I'm right. I was right fifty percent of the time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> making for like, that cool banter that they have. That we, uh, exactly. it's like, you know, it's <laughs> like they just don't mesh well, but they seem to do okay together at times, right? They, even though they don't, you know, I think by the end of the movie, they do trust each other. But throughout this, they're kind of feeling each other out at that point. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, that, again, that's I think that's the part that maybe some people are comparing to the game. Because in the game, I guess, you know, um, Sully finds Nathan as a really, really young boy. Yeah. And, and just uh, basically raises him. As you know, like a father figure and stuff like this. And th- in this movie, it wasn't that, mm. but you get that towards the end. Yeah, you get that you know, vibe you... of them exactly. feeling for each other, f- that mentor mentee kind of respect. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, that was actually yeah you know, that those those are the parts that I was saying that those are the parts I like is more of like the detective work on how they have to find you know all these you know historical thing or archaeological things where you know they you know they go into this chamber they go into that i thought the funny thing like you just said the rave <laughs> was the funniest part is like oh okay yeah <laughs> waiting for blade to come out and have the blood come down you know <laughs> you, you're thinking that they're getting into some kind of like again some indiana jones thing whether you go into a chamber and then you know there are traps there no there's a rave <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the only other two scenes that I would really enjoy, we already mentioned them in, in so much because they are dominant, like the cargo plane scene with the cargo coming out. I love that. They did that and it was choreographed very well. The free fall of him constantly hitting every cargo, just, you know, like you were saying when he kicked the guy and said, I'm sorry. No, to yeah. me, when him free falling and hitting every cargo piece as he's getting to Chloe, because Chloe's got the parachute. Right. And he's trying to fall to her. And she's like, oh, follow me. Wait, what? Grab me now, I would say. But he had a free fall and he hit every cargo box on the way down. 
And and it just reminded me of Sp- Spider-Man at that point. Like, ow, ooh, ow. You know what? You're right. I was just going to say there is a part there. Of course, there's a whole disbelief of him hitting one cargo to the other. He should have been knocked out. But yeah. that being said, there's a part where he's crouching on top of a crate. And I'm like, very Spider-Man type of pose. Yep. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I saw that too. <laughs> So, yeah, I was like, well, I don't know if it really goes like that in real life. But, yeah, no, that was actually a lot of fun. The uh, the boat scene when he shows up and comes out of the water, he's hearing Sam's voice in his head going over and talking about. And he, you know, has the ring and he talks to Sam and in some way gave me all those goony vibes, especially when you see it and you're coming out, him coming out of the water. That yes. I really enjoyed. And the fact that he was able to figure out, it's like, yeah, uh, he goes, oh. And so I, I forget what they found on top. Was it gunpowder or was it candles or something? And he goes, oh, no, no, that's a pirate thing. And he just, you know, right out of the gun. Yeah, it was, it, uh, I, what was it? Was it gun? Well, no, because I just watched National Treasure, like I said. And that yeah, they was use gunpowder gun to hide. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. But no, this one, um, I believe it was something else in there. And then like. Uh, it was spices, uh, I think. I, something like that. And there yeah. was like a uh, like a board or something like that. Yeah, covering a false it. board where he had all the gold inside. So right. apparently Nathan knew where to look. And to me, it had all that whole Goonies vibe. But also the music in that scene was very good. And it just gave me the vibes of. Pirates of the Caribbean at that point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, exactly. And then, you know, that's the reason why I really enjoyed that. And especially with the helicopter lift scene and them, the battling out within it. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, the only thing that I had left was the after credit scene with Sully and, uh, and Nathan at that point. Yes. And uh, I'm, I'm, I was thinking this, this guy looks very familiar with the eye patch. And I'm, I was like, is that Joshua Jackson? Was and, it really him? I don't know. I have not looked. <laughs> but I, I, he gave me the vibes of that look of Joshua Jackson. But okay. <clears throat> apparently they were a- after for the map for the uh, of Monte Cristo. So they're looking for that now. So they have a new adventure at this point Correct. planned out. And the fact that we see the cat that Nathan gave him, so I thought so, that was funny. I don't, so need, he, I don't go anywhere without him. Yeah, hey, Mister Whiskers <laughs> comes with me everywhere I go now. <laughs> and I they finally gave cool. him the mustache that um, that uh, he's always known for in the video game. So in the end, he actually had the big stash on. Yeah, and yep. the uh, the Hawaiian shirt because you always see him in the in the video games with the Hawaiian shirt. Mm-hmm. And the mustache, and always, you know, uh, smoking a cigarette or a cigar, and so they kind of like hinted as like, here, here's a cigar for you, mm-hmm. you know, when he tossed the cigar to him, yep. and then it was just, you know, it's like the whole uh, he made fun of his mustache and everything. So yeah, yeah it's no, a really cool scene. Yeah, if you go through pu- puberty too, kid, you'll get this. <laughs> 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 I thought it was pretty so, cool. Yeah, no, it's uh like I said, I I enjoyed a lot of the stuff in this movie um, more than I thought because I went into it with very low expectations. Same too, so. here. I it was <laughs> in something I was ready to jump to the theaters to go see, and when right. it came out on digital streaming, I was like, yeah, let me take. Okay, I did enjoy this film. It's something right. I could have gone and go see because I've heard a lot of people's, you know, 
unhappiness or unease about it based upon the video game. But I guess don't listen to a gamer. You know, no. go go with your own uh, expectations or just go on a whim if you find it somewhat interesting, you know? The thing about fandom is that, I mean, well, there are some great, great things about it. That's the other ugly part about it is that fans cannot be also very nasty if they don't get what they want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's not, they don't, if they don't get it the way they expect it, they try mm-hmm. to destroy it. Oh, yeah. And so that's the one thing I always hated about fandom. Yeah, I but see no, that a went, lot with Marvel yeah. stuff, too. Yeah. I went to see it, and I had a... I went to see it in the Dolby Theater, and my God, it was, it had some really great sound and, you know, great visuals, but it's like you were saying, you know, the gamers trashed it. It's just like they were doing with the uh, the show Halo, and I enjoy that. I'm enjoying that show. I've to start watching that it's yeah, on my list watching so <laughs> it's one of those things because again i'm not a big fan of the the game itself i didn't I, you know i've played it here and there but yeah I, there's some people that are just crazy about that game mm-hmm. and this that movie just dives in or that show dives into the backstory which i think is really cool but a lot of people just i guess i don't know i'm like what are you expecting just you know an hour every week of just people shooting each other, like in a video game. Yeah, or something like, like make that, it like so. the video game. A lot of the concern a lot of people have with that is that he takes off his helmet. Yeah. And the one they were playing that whole Mandalorian thing, it's like, oh, he took off his helmet. And it's like, well, actors got an act, and sometimes they right. have to show their face. But if it's not all the time, you're okay, I think. Yeah, no. So that's why I thought Uncharted, you know. And again, when you watch the, uh, when you play the game, it does have a story behind it. Hmm. So I was like, all right. So this kind of took little bits and pieces of all the different games and, you know, and they made something up. I, like I said, since I don't play the game that much, I was able to enjoy it. Awesome. All right. Well, this is the part in the podcast. We go into interesting facts or unknown facts about the movie Uncharted 2022. So, uh, Rob, you want to start us off with the first one? Ten characters totally wasted. So, between the video game voice actors visiting the set, the rigorous development process, and the blossoming out of the James Bond pitch, the making of the movie is as surreal as they come. But it's a shining example that with a desire to make something, no matter how much of a struggle it is any movie, uh, what is as how much of a struggle it is, any movie can escape development hell yeah meaning that they had to omit certain people at certain points so that's why we get them missing next up seven different directors have been attached to the movie uh ever since sony got the licensing rights to the video game series back in 2008 just one year after the release of the first game development has been passed around so many times seven directors were attached to uncharted before ruben fleischer finally committed to the project some of those directors attached included Sean Levy, Dan Trachtenberg, and most interestingly enough, David O. Russell. O. Russell was the first director officially attached to the project, and he had some fascinating casting ideas. The movie would have reunited Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci before The Irishman, as the director wanted De Niro to play Sully and Pesci to play Drake, Drake's uncle. Okay. 
That would have been yeah, a that, really interesting take. That yeah, when, and it's funny because when I, when I saw that at first, I I saw play Drake, and I'm like, I think Pesci's too old for Drake. I'd say so too, <laughs> and he's a little too short. <laughs> but that would have been interesting if they'd made this a rated R movie, because then I would have said, Hey, now <laughs> we're talking. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine Pesci just going crazy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, it'd be a funny scene. It's like, what do you mean I make you laugh? Do I look like a clown to you? <laughs> you talking to me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been that would have been a great twist. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Yep. All right. Number three, the movie shut down on Holland's first day of filming. Just as development for the movie had gotten off the ground after a decade of struggling and was ready to enter production, COVID-19 blocked its path. Holland showed up to the set on his very first day of shooting only to be turned away. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that screwed up a lot of movies at that point. (laughs) Yeah, no. Can you imagine? It's like, all right, I'm ready to film. It's like, uh, like, you uh, got to quarantine for two weeks and uh, you might have to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll go back and I'll play the video game at home. <laughs> right? I was like, oh, wait, I got more time to, uh, to do some research, <laughs> quote, 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 unquote. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> All right, number four. Holland thinks he made some bad acting choices. So, Zoe's casting led to some hilarious Uncharted Twitter reactions. A lot of fans of the video games were genuinely concerned about Holland in the lead role. Some fans think that he isn't old enough and doesn't look the part. And the comments Holland made last year don't exactly put their minds at ease. As if the Dune production wasn't enough, Holland reckons he made bad acting choices while shooting the movie. The actor essentially said that he made the mistake of trying to look too cool in his scenes, rather than thinking about what it is, what is the best thing to do at the moment. So he's being a little bit too uh, overcautious. <laughs> I guess. Right. Like I said, I mean, I think he played it well. Yeah. Um he wasn't a direct mirror of uh, Nathan Drake, but you know, he did it he, you know, he, he did made his, it own, his version. own so yeah. yeah. So I thought it was cool with it. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Next one is the plane stunt is the hardest action scene Tom Hollins has ever done. While a lot of the action scenes are carried out by stunt doubles, Holland still takes part in in a surprising amount of sequences and a behind-the-scenes uncharted clip that shows how the plane scene was shot shows how involved the actor really is. The plane scene, which is heavily featured in the trailer, sees Holland uh, hanging onto the cargo as it's falling out of the airplane. Holland explains that they worked on that scene every day for five weeks, and he had to be 100 feet in the air, attached to a box that is uh, spinning, he said that it's by far the toughest action scene he has ever shot in his career. I believe it. Yeah. But one thing is, is though he's still young enough to actually do those scenes till he gets to that point where he can't really do those action scenes anymore. Oh, you know? absolutely. Think about it. That catches up with you with age. Oh, I get up in the morning and I'm groaning already. You know, I feel like <laughs> I went through the, everything he went through. The feeling that he has, I go through it at just getting up in the morning. Yeah. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, my back. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> All right. Uh, Number six. The movie started as a young James Bond pitch. 
So after Spider-Man Far From Home wrapped, Holland pitched a young James Bond to Sony with him in the main role. Hilariously, the actor isn't afraid to admit that he was a little out of his element during the pitch, saying that it was a bad idea and that it didn't make sense. However, some good did come out of the meeting. Based on what Holland was looking for, Sony offered him the role of Nathan Drake almost as a compromise, so funnily enough, it was a James Bond pitch that helped Uncharted barely escape development hell. Awesome. That That's actually pretty cool. I mean, the fact that his pitch probably helped the movie, you know, Get move made. along. <laughs> right. But at the same time, somebody in Sony just said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to use him. Yeah. <laughs> they went out on a limb for him, I guess. Yeah, exactly. All right. Number seven. Holland couldn't stop playing Uncharted while making Homecoming. <laughs> Even though performers in Hollywood seem to be busy. Uh, uh, what is it? As whenever they are not on the set. They're doing press junkets. Tons of actors are uh, actually uh, massive gamers. And now Holland can be added to that list too. Even though it wasn't initially what he pitched, that role was offered to him as a compromise. He, he, seemed, to have, uh, he seemed to still have been a fan of the game before uh, the movie was actually offered to him. Holland couldn't stop playing Uncharted while shooting Spider-Man Homecoming. While Holland doesn't go into detail about which specific game in the series he was playing, the production of Homecoming would have been around the same time the long-awaited A Thief's End was released. Hmm. That's the one I was just playing. Ah, cool. So, yeah. I, I, I keep one. Like I said, I keep wondering if he was playing the game around that time, you know. Yeah. Was he ignoring Sandea? <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe she was there playing with him. Who knows? Maybe you never I, know. I, I I always picture the scene of Indiana Jones when um, what was it? Uh, in Temple of Doom, when he's trying to find. Oh, like he's ignoring. Hit, the, yep. Willie, she, he's ignoring uh Willie uh, Scott. Willie Scott, and she's <laughs> like, "I'm right here," because <laughs> he grabs the breast of the statue and he pushes right. it. I'm right here. <laughs> so that's what I figured. You know, he's playing with the joysticks and stuff. She's like, listen, I'm right here. <laughs> uh, you never know. She might have been dancing around with him. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> while he was playing video games. Uh, well, knows maybe, they she do? Just, maybe she saw him handle the controller and she says, that's the man for me. I guess so. You never know. Or maybe she's like, you're not doing it right. Give it to me. <laughs> That's the part you'll never hear about. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? All right, number eight. Holland worked at a real bar to prepare for the role. Some actors do very little prepare for a role, and there are others on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, like Daniel Day-Lewis, where they will method act until they genuinely believe they're the character. Holland fits somewhere in the middle, as he didn't exactly start treasure hunting, but as Drake is a bartender in the movie... The actor worked at a bar to prepare for the role. So uh, I wonder if he got some uh, coaching from Mr. Tom Cruise at cocktails. (laughs) (laughs) That has to be the coolest thing. You walk into uh, like a bar Mm -hmm. and the person, you know, the bartender you're going to is like Tom Holland. You're like, what the hell? (laughs) I would assume since it was during COVID at that point, he had a mask on. So That is true. You're right. 
Gaten Matarazzo, who is on Stranger Things, he worked as a waiter at a restaurant with a mask on and a hat so nobody knew who it was. Wow. And okay. he did that. And it, he um he was talking to um I'm forgetting the actor's name, but he does a podcast. Uh oh, Michael Rosenbaum. And okay. Michael Rosenbaum had him on air and he was talking about during the time of COVID what he did. And he goes, Yeah, I went back to work. Oh, you went back to acting? He goes, No, I went to back to work at a restaurant locally to me where I had to stay. So he worked <laughs> at a restaurant and did and he told them and he goes, I had a mask on. And somebody had actually recognized him because of his eyes. But I wouldn't be surprised wow. if uh, Tom just went in there and had a mask on or a hat, like a baseball hat. Who knows? And right. Worked right. In bar. You never know. That That's that's pretty cool, though. I mean, hey, listen, uh, a lot of people, a lot of actors, it's like you were saying, you know, they, they try to prepare for the role. Some over prepare, some don't. Mm. But I've heard about that a lot where, you know, actors trying to prepare for a role. A, uh, a role will try to, you know, research it and they were right in plain sight and you just, you know, you don't they realize, realize. It's them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Mm. All right, number nine. Holland only had three day break uh between two movies. <laughs> As any member of the cast and crew will uh always mention, making a movie is such an exhausting process. And for directors, one film can generally take around two or three years to complete from the first day of development to the final day of press. Mm. That's why directors and actors tend to uh, take a break between movies, especially when roles are so physically demanding. But that's not the, uh, the way Holland works. Holland had three day, a three-day break between wrapping up uh, in Berlin for Uncharted and... Being on the set of Atlanta for No Way Home. Hmm. What's the wor- <laughs> what's worse is that the three day break also included traveling to the other side of the world. <laughs> so oh, he geez. really didn't. He really didn't take a break. <laughs> no, he just slept on a plane. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> and it. Maybe slept in a hotel for a little bit and then went back to work again. Yeah, and if you know anything about flying to the other side of the world, that it, just that part alone is just and. Uh, a difficult task to you know yeah to do anyway so that is crazy <laughs> yeah it is all right last but not least this is something i threw in it's number 10 and within the movie itself we do get a cameo from the voice actor who does it uh the, who voices nathan drake in the actual video game and that's right. nolan north and he actually makes a comment to at Tom Holland as he's walking along the Tom Holland's walking along the beach and they make a mention of like adventures or something and he goes yeah I've had those too and then Tom Holland gives him that look of like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah he says I just fell out of an airplane and uh and he goes yeah that happened to me too <laughs> so yeah and that's where the what look at is so that's who that guy right. is funny enough when that happened I had a feeling that was him because I, I was a lot like, of people did. I knew because it was just like in your face at that point. I exactly. Know, I wouldn't it have picked it up blunt. right away, but <laughs> you know, as soon as you heard the voice, you knew it was the guy who did the voice. Of, right. I mean, yeah. they just kind of like, oh, you know, I did that too, and I was like, wait, is this the guy who does the voice? <laughs> it has to be because why not? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. That at least they uh, they included him. Yeah. 
it so. works out for the movie. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to quotes. Do you have any? Quotes of the movie, I'm going to be very honest with you, not a movie that was very uh, quotable to me. Okay. I don't know what it was. I think the only thing that I could think of, again, you know, I was I was right 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, you know, that was one part. That's cool. That I really like. Yeah. Did you have one? Oh, I have a few, which are pretty funny, though. Nathan's saying, oh, you have a heart of gold, Sully. He's like, too soon? And Sully goes, forever <laughs> is too soon. That's at the very end at the, in the helicopter. Right. Chloe saying to uh, Nate about Sully, saying, Sully doesn't have any friends. I should know. I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They had some quotes, but um, I'll be honest. Like to me, memorable quotes are something that really sticks to you. Sticks and, that to you, yeah, yeah. And, yeah I and, just and picked out the funny ones. That's why. Yeah, and the one that stuck out was just like I'm. I'm right fifty. I was right fifty percent of the time. <laughs> so that was the uh, that was the one thing that I I actually liked from there. And the other one was um, you could either you know cuddle up with me, or you could stay up here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 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 oh, the only other two I have would be uh, Nathan going, greatness from small beginnings. That's you and me. And that's him referring to his brother. So mm. it's kind of like one of those nice scenes of him reflecting on his brother. Right, right. And the last one is pretty funny. It's like when... Nathan's running because he's got to get away from the Scottish guy and he's like, can't get away and everybody's hunting him down in the auction area. And he goes, Sully, I'm thinking that you really have to buy that cross. (laughs) He he couldn't get it at that point. (laughs) It's like some of those gimmicks that they have. No, they had they had some they had some good lines. I get I, the other thing that was memorable, but it's kind of hard to say is just the uh, the Irish guy trying to speak and he just like. I what? Don't understand you. <laughs> and he had to tell him like twice. Wait, hold on, hold on. What are you saying? <laughs> I really don't understand you. So no, it was actually pretty cool. Yep. All right. So that was pretty much our coverage for uh, Uncharted. Now we like to move into what was formerly guilty pleasure movies, but since guilty pleasure movies are just movies that we love. I usually like to let uh, our the co-host give, and I usually give them one that I like, that I've been watching, or that I love to watch. So, Rob, what's something that you would like to add to <laughs> or suggest to people to watch? A movie that I like that came out back in the, I would say, the 80s. It was a movie with Billy Crystal and, um, oh, I forgot the other actor, but it was called Running Scared. Oh, yes. That is, uh, honestly, that is my guilty pleasure. It's one of those movies that it just has some really dumb lines. Mm-hmm. Billy Crystal is just great at all the, um, just all the, uh, all the smart-ass comments. Um, and uh, who's the other actor? Oh, and who passed away? I mean, um, yeah, I know you're talking about, you know, there's a 2006 version. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you forgot about that one. <laughs> oh yeah, there is. Look at that. Uh, that's so funny. Yeah. Gregory Hines. 
Gregory Hines, yeah, phenomenal uh, dancer. Who yes, he was. That's, but yeah, I, no, I this think is, that's what he was most notable notable for. Yeah, is his dance dancer. So yeah, yeah, so tap dancer. But Jimmy Smith was actually in this movie also. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, as the bad guy. But it's one of those movies that I just love to watch. I don't know why. They're just like you know, it has some great stupid lines to it. Um, you know, so it's just yeah, that's my guilty pleasure. There, I saw it on the iTunes the other day for five bucks, and I was like, "Gosh, you damn right, I'm gonna get it." Yeah, because how often <laughs> do you see something like that? <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's my uh, that's I mean, I encourage people to see it. It was one of those movies. It's a fun buddy cop movie mm. on a level of like Lethal Weapon and. Yeah, but it, it wasn't over the top like Lethal Weapon. It was more just, you know, very comedic in the sense. Yeah. And then, of course, they they, they decided they're going to take a vacation to Florida, mm. to Key West. So, that made it also very funny. So, yeah, no, very uh, fun, <laughs> fun movie uh, to watch, I think. And oh. like I said, it it was Billy Crystal at a, at a time when he was younger and just kind of. He could actually do those parts. <laughs> yeah, he could do those parts exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's my uh, that's my guilty pleasure there. That's my uh, that's the one I would recommend people to see if you could get your hands on one. Awesome. Uh, mine that would be going in the same vein as this particular movie. We kind of mentioned it before. I mentioned it. You've mentioned it. National Treasure, but National Treasure Two, which was pretty cool. I, I liked the Book yeah. of Secrets in two thousand seven, and I'm hoping. It's in development hell. The third one still supposedly is in progress, but we don't know if it'll ever come out. Yeah. Is it really going to, you know, you think it's actually going to come out? I mean, I know that um, Nick Cage, Nicholas Cage has gotten kind of a resurgence. Yes. In the last, you know, year or so and things like that. Yeah. With Billy's Wonderland and uh, a whole bunch of other. Pig. Yeah. Pig Pig is the one that people have been like really talking about. I haven't seen it. I actually down. I actually bought it the other day on a on iTunes, and I'm eager to watch it. But yeah, the other day on iTunes, it's like all the five dollar movies just came out. I would say a majority of them were all Nicolas Cage movies. Oh wow, all of them. Yeah, it was just a ton of them. I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to spend that much money. But <laughs> <laughs> it was just there was a lot of stuff there that I would have liked to get, and I was like, yeah, I'm just no. Nah. It's one of those things. It's like you, you don't do physical media anymore, but everything is right there at your fingertips, and you can say, yes, I can see right. all these well, films. No, I, I still do physical media, but the fact that it's five bucks, you're like, all right, why not? That you way know, you don't but... have to get off your couch and just put in a desk. <laughs> exactly. Like not so long ago, they did a uh, Denzel Washington, and there was just so many great things with them and i was like oh man this i don't know <laughs> this is gonna empty my bank account i think <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah no it, it just uh the, national treasure is funny because when you say national treasure it's one of those movies that made me enjoy and i always hated american history but made yeah. me enjoy the way it actually showed it and portrayed and it yeah yeah i like that it. too yeah even though probably there was a lot of inaccuracies in there. Oh, it is and, definitely. And I'm sure there was. Some. Yeah, <laughs> right. But it was. It made it. F- it made it fun enough for me to go. You know what? I should probably look into American history a little more often. <laughs> yeah, make you appreciate where you live in this world. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is where we come to the show. Where well, where can listeners hear you? Well, yeah, I have my own podcast called uh, Fantasy Picks Movie Edition, where we 
like to review movies that did not make it in the box office. You know, overhyped movies actually that were not uh, did not make it out in into the box office or were not critically great. <laughs> so we tend to, you know, what we like to do is just kind of analyze the movie. We talk about it, what we possibly think went wrong. You know, all the behind the scenes drama that probably happened and then we do our own fantasy picks on picking maybe it's the actor the director maybe changing the storyline a little you know all the way up to i don't know even craft services if we have to but <laughs> you know <laughs> so we try to have fun with that and you know so and once in a while we do some reviews of you know movies that come out especially the big tentpole movies you know it's not the uh, just not regular movies just like the really big ones like the one coming out in yeah. a few uh, weeks, Doctor Strange. <laughs> yep, yep, Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. Which brings me to me. Well, listeners, you all know you can hear me on Panels to Pixels podcast, and I can be found on the Next Level Online Radio Podcast Network. And therein we cover everything that was adapted from comics to film, TV, animated. We're wrapping up Moon Knight soon, and we will be doing... Definitely be doing a coverage on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So check those out when they come out. Might not be in line with what's going on, what we're covering with Moon Knight with this particular podcast, but go check it out if you haven't. And just leave us feedback if you can. And speaking of feedback, if you would like to submit your theories and feedback, you can just go to our Facebook page here, facebook.com slash Adrenaline Cinema Podcast. Generally, I like to put in some pictures of what we're covering. This was kind of a sudden thing that we decided, hey, let's do this. And we did. <laughs> but we will be posting it when we do post this up for you guys to either check out or listen to. I wouldn't mind if you guys lift your feedback in the comments below when I do post it. So you can do that for previous podcasts that have already been released on Adrenaline Cinema Podcast. You could also send us an email. A regular texted email, and you could send that to AdrenalineCinemaPodcast at gmail.com. Or, if you don't feel like writing or typing out anything, you'd easily just record yourself on your phone or whatever device. Anybody could do it nowadays. And then attach that particular voice message to it, the email and send it in. And we'll play it on the podcast when we uh, record next time. And if you're listening to us and you like what we do, please you know refer us to a friend. Word of mouth is the best way for us to get noticed by other people other than regular advertisement and things of that nature. And uh, and if you need to tell them where we could be heard, well, we could be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, Deezer, or whatever podcast player of choice. I believe uh, Buzzsprout gives us like over 30 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you could check, uh, you know, tell your friends or family. They could check us out there. So, uh, and if there's a review available on any of them, please do fill one out. It'd be amazing if you guys could do that. And I would appreciate that. Awesome. Yeah. So with that, I just want to thank everybody for listening. And I want to thank Robert for joining me on this fun adventure of talking about Uncharted 2022. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. I mean, it's always a pleasure uh, doing these things with you. Yeah, no problem. And to you listeners, we'll check you guys out later. All right. Take it easy.